Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to Episode 9 of the Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. Glad to be with you again, Francis. Nice to see you as always, or hear you, I guess, for folks. I mean, on a podcast, we don't really technically see each other. That's right. I, I don't know how all that works. I'm with you. I'm looking out the window, so I can tell them I see you, right? Yes, that's and that's there, fair, I suppose. There's a lot of curiosity about this whole thing, so we need to give more and more of the color commentary of what's actually going on in the room. I have not heard any curiosity at all about what goes on behind the scenes I may be of FedHeads. I may be making that up. Um, how many years have you and your colleagues at Grant Thornton been doing the annual CFO survey? More than 20. What's the mission of the CFO survey? I think the mission of the CFO survey is to give CFOs and the federal government a voice. This is really the most consistent vessel through which you can get the major challenges the CFO community is facing and how they're going to go about addressing those challenges. You do it in conjunction with the Association of Government Accountants and the Chief Executive Officer of AGA, Ann Eberts, is one of our guests. Ann, it's nice to see you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And uh, I can see you. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. Since we're technically, we're what, four feet apart? We are. We're all so, together in one place. Lucky um, you. Well, I don't know about I'm that. I'm thrilled to sit here with three very handsome, distinguished gentlemen. I, there we go. Well, this is already my favorite podcast. And I'm Can here, too, so that's very nice. <laughs> uh, the other person she's referring to is Jim Taylor, Managing Director at Grant Thornton. And, Jim, it's always uh, good to be with you. Thank you yeah, for my coming. My pleasure. And, I, and, and I'm in awe of the group that I'm sitting with, and I can see everyone. <laughs> okay. Now that we've cleared that up, that everyone can see everyone, this the very most basic function of human existence. This is how to burn three minutes on a podcast, basically, <laughs> yeah. is what we've just learned. Uh, and tell me what are the main takeaways that people should get from this year's survey, the common threads or big themes here. Okay, a couple things. Um, first of all, the we, we talk about disruption. And with a new administration coming in, there's lots of change. Um, and there are still lots of empty seats in the CFO community. So part of it is um, an ability, you know, we an anticipation of some of the um, career employees stepping up and, and really filling in some gaps and maybe taking on some leadership roles that they hadn't been able to do before. Um, we also have, you know, continued um, challenges on um, budget uncertainty, staffing, uh, technology, which, interestingly enough, uh, the President's Management Agenda that just came out focuses on two of those key areas, upgrading legacy systems, which is a big concern of the CFO community, as well as the human capital issue. So that's addressed. Um, we also see um, some we, – we also got input from the state and local community. And so some of the, the thoughts and the, the challenges are very similar at multiple levels of government. Again, budget uncertainty – um, staffing, hiring, developing staff, um, legacy systems, I guess uh, that's throughout the all government levels. And then looking at uh, technology as a real driver and or disruptor. You know, when we think of disruptors um, in, uh, like Lyft and Uber in the, the cab and, and transportation industry, you know, looking at robotics and 
things that, you know, so many things fa- uh, change so quickly with technology that that's, that's really going to be, could be a real big enabler for this community. From our standpoint, the most interesting part was the, the fact that the CFOs um, are a little bit split on, on how they feel their role is being, is being fulfilled within the, within the new administration. You know, when asked about are they participating in the reorganization, the plans for the reorganization, the restructuring, the innovations, um, it was really uh, split as to whether or not they felt like they were sitting at the table, they were participating, or just providing information. Um, and they really should uh, be at the table for this eff- effort. However, you know, there's so few CFOs in place, I guess it's kind of understandable. Because when we did this survey, it was really a lot of career people and people who are not political appointees uh, who are actually running the show in the CFO shops. The other thing that really fascinated me was, you know, when you talk about the role of the CFO in general, one of the things that you all, we always talk about is, is the role more analytical and strategic or is the role more processing? And over the years, over the 22 years uh, we've been doing this survey, that, that, that impression has split and turned or actually turned around. And now people and CFOs particularly view their role as being more strategic, more analytical. And so, you know, they say that's their role. So 60% now feel like that's their role. Mm-hmm. However, 60% also feel like they don't have the tools or the skills to perform those functions. So the, the title of the survey, Navigating Disruption, yeah. Uh, the first real meaty chapter, disruption induction. I know that rhymes. I'm not <laughs> sure what else it means. Um, the budget uncertainty is one of the major mm-hmm. challenges. Human capital, they don't have the and, skills and having, they need to get their job done. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and budget uncertainty is fascinating because the people that we interviewed have been around for a long time. Again, these aren't the new political appointees. These are budget people and, and accounting people and finance people that have been around, CFOs, deputy CFOs, who have been around for a number of years. They've been through other changes of administration. This particular administration, in its in its far more aggressive push for transformation, I think has created a lot more uncertainty. So how, mu- how much uh, calm, how much consistency can CFOs bring to the current disruption? How can they help their organizations navigate through this? Well, I think it all depends on, to Jim's point, the role that they're able to play. Identifying, you know, areas for overlap and duplication and, and you know, that, that's been part of what's gone on in the community. But I think the roles that they can play – could be the, you know, getting a seat at the table because they understand the organization, they understand the mission, they know how it works. Um, And they can be great advisors. They've also, with um, Enterprise Risk Management and the Data Act, they've had to reach across functional communities. So it's not, I guess we don't really think of the CFO community as being a silo in the organization so much as it used to be maybe five years ago. Um, Now there's a lot more, I don't want to say cross-pollination, but, you know, interaction with with the other communities to do the job of the data act, um, pulling data from, you know, whether it's procurement, acquisition, et cetera, um, and, but also enterprise risk management, a, another unfunded mandate. The CFO community has all of these different mandates now that they have to perform that are kind of forcing them, I think, toward the strategic functions that Jim was talking about a moment ago. Do we have a sense from the survey whether the CFOs like being pushed in that direction or whether that's something that they're doing despite the 
reasons that they wanted to get into the field in the first place? I don't know about liking it. Um, <laughs> accepting? <laughs> they're accepting it, and they're, I think they're stepping up mm-hmm. into the role. Um, I think, well, I think the challenge there, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think the yeah. challenge there is that they, the role itself isn't the problem. The ability to, com- to perform the role gives them, uh, gives them the challenge they're mm-hmm. concerned about. And that is, you know, instead of you know, using shared services, uh, automation, whatever, robotics, as Ann mentioned earlier, you know, e- those kinds of things are making the normal processing go away or being reduced dramatically in its place they were they would like to be able to perform these strategic and analytical roles however you don't just unplug that staff and then plug them in over here as strategic and analytical and so i think that's really where the challenge is man you mentioned the president's management agenda uh, just recently released um it has a lot of initiatives that look like they're aimed at or the responsibility of the cfos but you also jim mentioned uh robotics, Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, those are things that are potentially transforming the role of the CFO. Is the CFO ascendant or are these initiatives taking over their role? That's an interesting question. I don't know that they're taking over the role. In fact, the process robotics, in many cases, it's their small pilots going on across the federal government. So it's not something that everybody has embraced and is you know, leveraging within their systems. But those are being led by CFOs in many cases? I would say some more, well, CFOs enabled with their, mm-hmm. you know, linked up with their technology yeah. brethren. So, and, and the role isn't so much because of what the, the functions are performing, but the information they have. So the reason that the CFO should be ascendant or should be at the table is because they have valuable information that no one else has. And they have the ability to do analytics on that information that or they they could have the ability if they could have the staff or resources to do it. But they have the ability to perform analytics that would help leadership make a far more informed decisions. So it's more the information they have and and the and these and the tools they bring to the table that ought to give them that kind of leverage. What's your sense of the specific things, resources, you've mentioned a number of times that CFOs are saying, we don't have all the resources we need, we don't have all the tools we need. What don't they have that they would like to have that would enable them to deliver better? It's, it's the ability to do the analytics. I mean, not just, you know, being able to perform the math, but really experience with the analytics. That's mm-hmm. what they, they, we, they end up having to go outside for. When I was a CFO, um, I literally brought in a cadre of individuals who had no accounting or budget background. I literally pulled them off, of a, off, off the Peace Corps because they didn't have to compete. It was easier to get, you know, young, motivated people. They were smart. They're motivated. You know, they, technology they're, savvy. They're, they're technology savvy. Um, it was, it was yeah. perfect. And it wasn't because I needed more accountants and more and more budget people, although I love accountants and budget people. <laughs> it was more about I needed people that could think and had some good skills that I could train. You can train people to do certain things, but they have to have the, the basic abilities, the basic background, and really the drive. And the problem you run into sometimes in, in the government and in, in CFO functions is you've got people that are used to doing that, that invoice processing for 25 years a certain way. And now all of a sudden you're ripping that out and you're changing it and saying, oh, yeah, as of, you know, six months from now, or three months from now, you know, you're going to be doing something totally different. And that's, that's disruption. That's mm-hmm. where we talk about some of the disruption. Disruption doesn't have to be negative, but sometimes it's perceived that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you don't have some skills training, 
to get those staff to that used to be doing that kind of repetitive processing and kind of move them along the skills chain uh, to be able to do some of the analytics, then we're going to have an issue too. Sure, sure. I mean, so you and need you to be able to bring the, the folks along. Um, and hiring, some and, you can. Yeah, and, and some, hi- you yeah, can. some you can, but hiring without, you know, with a hiring freeze in many of these organizations, they're not able to bring in those sharp young accountants or budget folks or analytical folks with analytical skills from colleges. Right. Can't even transfer from one agency to another if they have skills that can be leveraged. It's interesting. Uh, the CFOs are are uh, without the resources they need to get the job done. But isn't it also true they're being asked to help the rest of the organization do the analytics necessary mm-hmm. for them to do more with less? How can they maximize the resources they have to get the job done? Yeah, I mean, it, that's, that's the challenge. And I think what it calls for is even more of the coordination across the C-suite that we that you see because of the CFO Act. CFO Act was first. Then they had CIOs. They've got you know, Chico's. They've got, you know, CIOs, everybody. Data officers, risk Data officers. officers. You've got it all. Risk officers. You've got, you've got an officer for everything. Uh, but, and that's the desire to have someone accountable. But you also need to increase the level of coordination. There are going to be skill sets that others are going to have that the CIO is going to need to access. And so there's a really a requirement to, to coordinate and to consolidate information across these organizations because no one's going to be able to do it by themselves, particularly in a short time frame. I noticed they changed the name of shared services in the president's management agenda. It's now called shared quality services. Mm-hmm. We don't want to share low-quality services. Who would want to do that? I, that's not something I would be interested in. I mean, it's great branding, so we've really stepped it up here. Yes. Is shared services um, uh, going to really unlock a lot of those resources, sort of offload unnecessary activities so that we can focus more on more mission-focused uh, services? Well, that's the intent, and it can. And there, there are instances where it has helped. I mean, you have, you know, many of these smaller organizations, you know, moved all of their functions to a shared service provider, uh, Treasury Arc being an example. Um, 60, I think, or 40-some smaller agencies outside of Treasury have transferred all of their financial functions to Treasury to perform. And as a result, they could focus on their mission. It's a lot harder, and it's a tougher question to answer at a, at a, at a large level like a department level but it can help and particularly the focus that's that the uh, the GSA and the administration is taking in terms of software as a service it's not an all-or-nothing proposition now at one point it seemed almost like you're going to move everything or you're not going to move anything and now it's going to be you can move pieces of it which has its own challenges but you can move pieces which will help you in that in trying to focus more on your mission we just have a couple of minutes left and i want to touch on uh to finish a quote that i think is very striking this is on page 14 one cfo told us we have a lot of analysis and data we've done a lot of work that we've never acted on we're looking at it right now to see what we can push up we're not doing legwork now until we know what the other members of the C-suite want us to provide. So it sounds like the onus is not just on the CFOs, but it's on, as you said a moment ago, Jim, all of these officers, fill in the blank, whatever officer it is, to raise their hands and say, this is what we need help with. These are the questions that we want to ask, and this is what we would like you and your colleagues in the CFO suite to provide. Am I on the right track? I think you are, and and I think it's... It's one thing for a CFO to say, I want to be a strategic partner to other C-suite members, but it, it's 
it's a two-way street. You have to be welcomed in. You have to be, you know, brought in and, and your, your knowledge leveraged mm-hmm. and your knowledge appreciated and the, the data access and the analytical, you know, prowess that you can bring has got to be recognized and, and accepted. Ann Eberts, the Chief Executive Officer of the Association of Government Accountants. Great to see you. Thanks very much for coming in. Jim Taylor of Grant Thornton. Thanks as always. Congratulations on this work. Robert, thank, thank, you. thank you both. Two, two of my favorite people doing the Lord's work in the Devil City, so <laughs> keep at it. On that note, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.